Good evening, church. This morning, I thank uh, Danny for filling in and, and didn't get a chance to thank Matt for filling in and just swapping places. And it's, it's just good when brethren are able to uh, step up to the plate to help us where we have a need. And thank God I didn't have to fill in. So <laughs> it wouldn't have been too much fun. It's good to see you here tonight. Let's uh, <laughs> amen twice. <laughs> it is good to see all of you here tonight except for Ben. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, it's good to see you. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Gracious and kind, Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you. And we praise you. We, we, we thank you so very much for allowing us to worship you tonight. Please bless us, Lord God. Clear our minds and help us with uh, a deeper understanding of, of your word and, and your will. And, and bless us, Lord God, to be enriched so that we're prepared to go back out into the world, to, to fight the good fight of faith until you bring us back again. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray these things and thank thee to be thy will. Amen. So I started off this series, we're in part three, and we'll end tonight um, explaining to you that I, I just don't have the, um, the qualification really to, to speak on this subject, but uh, I'll do my, uh, my very best to end this, uh, this series out. I want to talk to you about, about Mary, and I want to talk to you now. Finally, we get to this point where we're talking about parents. I'm going to say parents because I don't want to just say the mother, although, although it really is about, about the mother and the experience of the firstborn child, but not just the firstborn child. <laughs> He's God, right? And so as a, as a mother, as a, as a parent, you watch your child grow and and then, the, you know, you, you taught the child the, their first words. And, and Jesus utters his, his first words. And, and there's this, this love and this, this comfort from holding your baby and looking your baby in the eyes and talking to them and protecting and guiding, nurturing, and then watching him while he sleeps throughout the day and throughout the night, just so proud and full of joy and seeing his, his first steps, right? And, and then when he was born, in Luke chapter 2, there were things said about him. The prophecy came to Mary, and, and she got the prophecy, but you know, she was like everyone else. She really didn't get it. And, and then he's born, and, and in Luke 2, beginning at, at verse 14, um, the Bible says, Glory to God in the highest, uh, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at these things which were told of them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. This wasn't just a child. And Mary knew that because of the miraculous birth. But it goes a step further that, that she pondered and wondered about this child, this this unique child that comes from God. She pondered it. She held it in her heart. 
And then in verse 48, they were, the visit to Jerusalem and Jesus is there. And I don't know how you hear this, but out of the voice of a, of a 12-year-old, and when they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us in this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said, Why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be about my father's house or my father's business? And the way a 12-year-old would say that, right? A young boy, a young lad. They did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And so you can imagine that she has so many things that she treasured in her heart, right? Especially when you think about Jesus in home Bible study. <laughs> you know, we're not told about what home Bible study must have been like. You know, he's, he's in the temple reading at 12. What do you think he was, and this is where I should have polled all the third grade teachers and below, and said, what kind of questions do those children ask you? Can you imagine maybe some of the questions that Jesus had for his mother? Can you imagine some of those things? Can you imagine when, when she's teaching him how to pray? You know, we, we kneel down with our children, we, we teach them how to pray, and then we have them echo words back, and eventually they start saying things that are on their heart. Can you imagine hearing Jesus pray in front of his mom, in front of Joseph? The respect and the obedience of, of this child. You know, I always joke around and, and say, you know, one thing we knew the brothers knew it and Mary knew it. We knew Jesus didn't do it. Whatever it was, if it was bad, it wasn't Jesus, right? And Mary could say, you know, I, I don't know who did this, but I know it wasn't Jesus. And if you don't fess up, I'm going to ask Jesus. And I know whatever he says is true. <laughs> but imagine having a child like that. He's always doing the right thing. What was he like as a child doing worship? All, all parents know what that's like, right? But imagine Jesus as a child doing worship in the synagogue or in the temple. Just imagine what worship meant to him. Verse 39. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of, of Nazareth. And the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. And so we're watching him grow, but he's not growing. He's growing like everyone else, but he's growing to be this, this spiritual powerhouse. And that's your child. Verse 52, it says again, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. It just, it didn't stop. He just, he just became that he was this child that was the model child for all children who've ever existed on the face of the earth. That, that, that brings pride to your heart. You're saying, this is my son. But at the same time, she realized, this is my God. But she didn't quite understand it yet. Chapter 4 and, and verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he was brought up, and as was his custom, and he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. This is Jesus in his older years. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. 
And just imagine for just a moment, your son goes up there, right, to read scripture for the second time, if you will, that you've seen, right? He goes up to read scripture, and you're going to hear God read his own literature. What did that sound like? Remember, the text says that when he spoke, he didn't speak like everyone else. It was uniquely different. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the, good, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all were speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling. See, it wasn't like everyone else, right? The gracious words that were falling from his lips. And they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? There's something different about this child. Well, even though there was something different about his child, Mary was a mother, right? And you know mothers, right? Think about mothers. John chapter 2, mothers at weddings, right? We're going to fix it. We're going to make this wedding the nicest wedding you've ever had. And so the first miracle at Cana of Galilee at the wedding, listen to Mama Mary, verse 1. And on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee. And, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus uh, also was invited, his disciples, to the wedding. And when the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what, what do I have to do with, with you? My hour is not yet. In other words, why am I, what, what are you talking about? They have no wine. It's, why are you coming to me with this? My hour is not yet come. And, and then Mary says, oh yeah, you're right. That's right, I forgot. You're God, I should listen. Um, no, that's not, not. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. She had this expectation, my son can fix it. And she was right. He could. Jesus can fix anything. All this, these blessings and this happiness is about to go away, though. Right? All these wonderful, memorable moments. I'm going to Matthew 27. Yeah, they're about to go away. You know, when Judas, the same night that Judas betrayed Jesus, and they came and they, they took Jesus, and that evening began the illegal trial against Judaism laws, if you will. They began the trial overnight, and they began to question Jesus and try to um, find a way to accuse him. And they, they raised up people that were telling lies. They were deceitful men to blaspheme, to cause him to... And they beat him that night. In the morning, the next morning, he was questioned, and he was questioned throughout the rest of that day. And then he's beaten again, and he's scourged. And he's beaten again. 
And Mary hasn't seen this precious child for, for quite some time now. It's been about a day through the night, if you will. And finally, she's standing out amongst the crowd. And she looks up. She hears something. Verse 22 of Matthew 27. Pilate said to them, What shall I do with Jesus, who was called Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. Murder him. Execute the son of Mary. And she hears this crowd yelling and shouting, Crucify him. Crucify him. And in verse 23, and he said, Why, what evil has he done? But they kept shouting all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. And, and you're the mother, and you're, and you're hearing this about your innocent son, and you have all these memories you pounded in your heart, and you know Jesus is innocent, and everyone knows he's innocent, and yet the crowd's against him, and they're saying, crucify him. And he comes out that night, or that day rather, battered and bruised at the beginning, beginning of the day, and Mary sees him for the first time. And what she sees is something she's never seen before in her life. A bloody, battered, beaten son. And in verse 26, then he released Barabbas for them, but having Jesus' scores, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers, the governor, took Jesus to the praetorium and gathered the whole Roman cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And after weaving a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spat on him and they took the reed and began to beat him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took off his robe and put on his garments. And they led him away to crucify him. And as they were coming out, they found a man of Cyrene named Simon, whom they pressed in the service to bear his cross. And I don't know at what point Mary was closest to Jesus. But can you imagine her heart? Can you imagine her heart? Broken, torn to shreds. Imagine the feeling of seeing this perfect child beaten, Scourged, and now walking to his own execution. No, nobody wants to see that. Mary, did she ever think that that child would, would die for her? Who would ever think that, right? I'm going over to, to Luke chapter, chapter 2. I, I can't begin to discuss the pain that uh, went through her heart but I can imagine Mary singing to her knees in agony and without words to echo. But there was this, this one thing that echoed in her heart as she thinks about what, is, what did the prophecy say? In verse 34 of Luke chapter 2. And Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel 
and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that the thoughts from her hearts, from many hearts may be revealed. Her soul is pierced through. Thank God that it doesn't end right there, but can you imagine it's over? I mean, the heart of Mary, not really totally understanding, it's, it, it's over. I'm going to Luke 23. Her soul is pierced. Her heart is struck in. She bends on her knees and talks to the Father. She hears those last words echo out of the mouth of Jesus. It is finished. She stands at the foot of the cross. They take him to his burial place. In verse 55 of Luke 23, Now the women who had come with him out of Galilee followed after and saw the tomb, how his body laid, and they returned and prepared spices and perfumes. And on the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. With all this, what's the prophetic message about my son? As he lie prostrate. As we prepare spices for him. As we bury him. What about the prophecy about my son? But aren't you glad that it doesn't end right there? Aren't we all happy to know that there is the resurrection? And isn't it just a joy to know that when Mary and the ladies go to the tomb, they, they don't find the body, they're perplexed, they don't understand. But think about what's going through her heart was going through her mind. In verse 1 of chapter 24, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened that while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling apparel. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He's not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered up into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. At that moment, can you imagine being married? And remembering what Jesus said, remembering the prophecy, and knowing that your child lives. Verse 9 says, And returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to the rest of the men. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. Notice she's no longer at this point called the mother of Jesus, but his brother. Mary the mother of James. Also, the other women with them telling these things to the apostles. And these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. At this point, a hope rose, right? And you can hear, look, look at Acts chapter 1. The, the resurrection has happened, and Jesus has appeared time and time again to so many people. And what I love about this account in Acts chapter 1 is, all along the while, we've been reading about his brothers not believing in him. 
And yet, when you get to Acts chapter 1, as they're going to the upper room, we're keeping in mind that women are not in the upper room when the Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles. But, in verse 12, they are there in Jerusalem. And they return to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot and Judas, the son of James. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I think the, I think the message that, that I get from this is never give up on your children, right? But when I say never give up on your children, you keep teaching them. You keep teaching them. And you continue to teach them. John chapter 11, but don't give up. But keep teaching. Don't compromise. Keep teaching and teaching. And look at what happens here. At the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, they're not believing. But at the resurrection, there they are. Standing with the apostles, standing with all the people, 120 folks, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus. Remember what Jesus said in verse 25 to us all, church. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. I just take so much joy in knowing that there are no Christians in the, in the graveyards. Right? I take joy in knowing that all of our faithful brethren who passed on before us are waiting for us in that place. I take joy in knowing that God has made a way where no one else could. Even if you die, you will live. Verse 26, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And I guess the question to us all, church, is do you believe this? That's why I'm a faithful Christian. I'm a faithful Christian because I love God, because I know there's more to life than just what we're looking at today. There's something after, there's something beyond this something greater. And I'm really sad for those who don't understand that, those who don't believe that, those who don't abide by that. That we have a hope and we have a blessed assurance that it can only come from God. And we not only believe it and are sure, and we not only trust it, but we have all the evidence to prove it to be true. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but through me. He is the resurrection. And because of him, we live. And because of him, Mary lives. She never thought he'd die for her. Even though she heard the message, didn't quite understand it. Tonight I encourage you that you've heard the message. You, you've read the scriptures. You understand the scriptures. But where there's doubt in your heart, let it be erased. Where there's a lack of understanding, just, just give yourself time. Give God time to work on you. Where you're struggling in your walk of faith, just give it all to God. Jump in with both feet. Give your whole entire life to God. It's worth it. It's worth it. The lesson is yours tonight. If we can help in any way, if someone would like to surrender in the waters of baptism, if you would like prayers made in your behalf, make it known. While together we stand, let us sing our song of invitation.